We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Silvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is April 28th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Silvia. How's it going, guys? There he is. Uh, I'm. I'm really. You. You didn't like ask me a question. I Usually, told you're you like, I wasn't "How's it going, that? Luke?" We discussed this before I know, we started but recording. I, I just. It's. <laughs> it's just a habit at this point, man. Well, anyway, now we're embarrassed because we're I'm, we're joined by our special I'm guest, <laughs> Dan. Yeah. Are you a savage? Savage. Dan, what's up, bro? Just uh, trying to live up to the family name. I wanted to ask <laughs> you about that. Have, have, is that like a line that you had in your pocket for a while or that was just like off the dome with with gary harris at media day yeah that was uh that was new content uh that's as, impressive as it came out. yeah because you know sometimes uh you get the macho man a lot you know growing up i got a lot of the fred and, and ben savage anytime i could throw a, a boy meets world reference on the show i'm gonna do it but uh, that came up a lot. But just the straight savage uh, is something with a newer, younger generation. You know, since Instagram <laughs> picked up, my my name in terms of coolness has uh, <laughs> has gained traction. So uh, you know that one was off the cuff. If you guys don't understand what we're referring to, first of all, you can go back and watch all the Orlando Magic Media Day from the beginning of the season. But Gary Harris is going through his Media Day availability. And it's kind of Dan's turn to start asking Gary some questions. Says, "Hey, you know, Dan Savage, OrlandoMagic.com." And Gary looks at him and goes, "Are you a savage?" <laughs> and Dan goes, "Oh well, I come from a long line of savages." And I don't know that there's a better response that you can have to that question given the circumstances. I was so proud of Dan. I was like, "That is perfect." <laughs> the the timing, everything was great. And and all the savage family members uh, that you know that I have mm. loved the line because they mm. felt it paid homage to them. Oh, absolutely, so, it does. Yeah. And so you know, I'm actually technically uh, Dan Savage the third. So wow. uh, it, it does hold true. Long line of savages, long line of Dan Savage. Yeah, that that would have been. <laughs> I mean, probably don't want to get into all of that with Gary. I mean, actually, as a matter of fact, I'm the third. But <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. So Dan, we want we planned on having you on after the Super Bowl. But 
you're wearing the hat, given the circumstances. We yeah. don't want to, you know, rip open any old wounds, but just given the circumstances, we didn't feel it was the right time. But uh, what did you think of the Bengals season? You know, the, the the way they performed in the Super Bowl and the future of the Bengals. Oh, I mean, unquestioned, you know, extremely thrilled. Going into the season, you're looking at it like, okay, Joe Burrow's coming back from an ACL injury. This is Jamar Chase's first season. They still have some work to do on the offensive line. If they could just be in the playoff hunt come December and have meaningful games in December, I considered that a success. And then you get to the point where it's like, okay, they're going to the playoffs, they're hosting a playoff game, got to go. Um, I'm right. hoping I'd be happy with one playoff win. That, that would be huge. And the playoff drought, because you see those graphics, you know, nobody's able been able to text message about a Bengals win in the playoffs, all that stuff. So to be there for that, um, you know, with some of my good friends who I, you know, grew up watching the Bengals with, uh, you know, it was the experience of a lifetime. And so for that run to continue and then for me to go throughout and continue the AFC championship game in Kansas City was electric. The Super Bowl was was odd. I, the Bengals radio uh, play by play guy on his podcast, Dan Horde, um, you know, was describing it like Jurassic World when you or Jurassic, the original Jurassic Park when when they like walk out into the stadium and you're like oh wow dinosaurs do exist <laughs> like that's what it's like being at that stadium it's unreal it's like anything you've ever seen and to see like the Bengals in the Super Bowl it was just a surreal day and uh, you know something I'll never forget and while the outcome you know wasn't what I wanted uh, they were in that game, you know, it came down to the final seconds and to, to have that kind of a season unexpectedly, uh, you know, it was just something else. And so shout out to the Bengals, Joe Burrow, for, for making that a, a special season. Who day? Who day? <laughs> and, and Dan, how, so I know this was the case for me, um, kind of in the, you know, the, when the magic most, not most recently, but the first part of that two part playoff appearance um, when the Magic made the playoffs, leading up to that point, I had decided probably a few weeks out, right? When it looked pretty, you know, very promising, the Magic were going to be in the playoffs. I decided at that point, I need to be in the building for the playoffs, no matter what. I don't care who we're playing. I don't care what I feel like our chances are. What was that kind of like when, when with Cincinnati? I mean, did how far in advance did you know, okay, I need to, I need to start looking at tickets for the play- postseason. I just, I need to be there. Well, I, I got lucky, you know, in a lot of ways with this. Uh, I have a friend that has season tickets to the Bengals games. He, he doesn't actually live in Cincinnati, doesn't go all that frequently, but he's got four tickets. And so when they clinched and, you know, it, it was determined they were going to have a, po- uh, a home playoff game, he called me up. He said, hey, you come out here. One of these is yours. So, uh, hmm. so that was a great phone call to get. And stumbled into a similar situation with the same guy for the Super Bowl. It wasn't something I was actually getting ready to plan for a Super Bowl party, how big I wanted it to be. That's like the tough thing because it's like when it's your team, a Super Bowl party is different. You know, I was having to tell a lot of people that were calling me up like, uh, you know, I I don't know if I want to do anything because I didn't know. I didn't want people who weren't into the game watching the game with me. It was like Mm -hmm. I wanted a very select few people who would be hanging on every, you know, play versus the, oh, let's watch the halftime show crowd or, you know, talk about what, what celebrities are at the game. I, I wanted it very, very serious and focused. So uh, that guest list, getting invited to the Super Bowl, 
saved me from having a lot of tough conversations, <laughs> to be quite honest, because um, I was starting to have some of those. That's awesome. Well, how do you feel like the, the Bengals' chances moving forward? I know they've made some moves in free agency, bolstering up the offensive line. I think anytime you've got Burrow and Jamar Chase, the offense is going to be electric. How do you feel about the future of the Bengals? Well, I think like, you know, the stigma with the Bengals has always been, do they spend money? Are they, you know, cheap organization? And, you know, over the last couple of years, they've erased that doubt. You know, over the two seasons prior, they were some of the biggest spenders in, in free agency. And then this offseason, there was one big lingering question. Are, are you going to protect Joe Burrow? Are you going to commit to to keeping him upright and to go out right on the you know, it was like 12.01 hit and, and free agency. And I'm like, just getting ready to get Twitter ready. And it's like already the Bengals have signed two offensive linemen. It was like, whoa. <laughs> and then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they went out and, and when the Cowboys cut Lyle Collins, who's, you know, a Pro Bowl level uh, right tackle when healthy um, and they added him, it's like, OK, they, they completely did from redid from center to right tackle uh, their offensive line. So you know, to erase a lot of those questions and then enter the draft with the ability to, you know, take best player available in the NFL. That's that's a real luxury. So I like the way they've set themselves up heading into to draft night. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, well, let's switch gears. We talked about your Bengals. The <laughs> reason that the folks want to want to hear you, we want to talk about the magic. So, not yes, a not the it. season, uh, you know, that maybe we had hoped for, but probably the season that we expected. First of all, what is it like, you know, kind of working with the team, being around the team every day in a in a season like that? And then just kind of what were your thoughts, kind of big picture of the team this season? You know, Jeff Weltman spoke recently, I forget whether it was on Mike Bianchi's show or something, and he said, you know, all losing seasons aren't created equally. And I thought that was a, a great line that, that really summed it up. And a test, huge testament goes that with Jamal Mosley. You know, there are different coaches that you need at different times, different stages of franchise development. And, and I just feel like he is a, a great coach to help 
guide this franchise into the future going through a rebuild? Because you guys watch every night. Uh, there were very few nights where you could look at this Magic team and say they weren't trying, they weren't playing hard, they didn't play to the final whistle. And I just think that's creating such a winning culture because when, you know, I set up three TVs out in the room I'm in right now. I watch League Pass every night as I'm doing my work, coming home and, and doing that. And there's a lot of teams in the NBA that, you know, when they hit this stretch of the season and they're in losing, you know, aspects of the season where it's clear they're not going to make the playoffs. And, and you could just see players give up or, you know, it hits the fourth quarter and they're like, all right, this one's in the back. And with the Magic, you never saw that. And so I just think he he's really gets how to connect with players, how to motivate people. You could feel that not only with the players, with the other coaches, with people on the staff, with the media. He, he's really got an ability to connect. And, you know, that was one of the, the hiring points about him. And it is at, as advertised. So I, I really like that element of it. And then the other part is you look at a number of the young guys on this roster, and we all saw throughout the stages, guys get better. Guys improve, guys show, show signs for the future whether it was in flashes or whether it was extended stretches. So that, that really has you feeling optimistic heading into the future. And then on top of that, uh, you know, you consider that the, the Magic have another draft pick this year uh, of their own that'll be quite valuable. We'll see where it falls in the coming weeks. And then you look to, forward to the season, you look at that Chicago Bulls trade and say, okay, not only do the Magic have their pick the, the following season, but they'll you know potentially have the Bulls pick as well. So. It, it, they're loaded with, with cap space, assets, and, and draft picks for the years to come that, that have you excited about the future. And I want to talk about that, Dan, here. And, you know, this is kind of a, a not really a, a side question, but, you know, you talk about, I mean, we, you know, recently uh, Duncan Robinson with his long shot pod had released, um, released an episode with uh, Moritz Wagner. And in that episode, he had talked with him and, and said, like, talking to his co-host, I don't know the guy's name, but he was uh, talking with his co-host, and he said he said there was something different about that, that Magic team going into the last game of the year. Like, that wasn't a normal that wasn't a normal for teams that are losing to really show that much toughness to want to win. I want to kind of ask you to maybe, yeah, I know you just talked about that here, but as far as guys like Moritz Wagner how important do you think those low low level guys who seemingly brought a lot to the team this year can you kind of just talk about his impact on on the roster and anybody else that might be flying under the radar that really helped in that way too no no question i mean he is the prototypical play hard every night kind of guy both he and his brother uh unquestionably you know bring that level of of fight competitiveness winning characteristics and when you really look at the guys that the Magic have added to this locker room, it's guys who, who want to be united, who want to be part of something special, and, and want to play to win. And, I mean, it's just from that first, you know, win of the season where they're celebrating for their head coach, that first win of the season, we get that peek into the locker room, all the way to the end, you just saw a group that's connected. It, it's... It's one of those things that like, you know, culture is really hard to define, but when you know, you know when you don't have it and you know when you do have it. And, you know, that's one of those things with the magic group is you could just see whether it's comments on social media that, that we all see, whether it's just a tight knit nature uh, of them in the, in the locker room or, you know, on the practice court together or the way that they celebrate each other, whether guys are on the floor or off the floor, whether they're hurt or injured, I mean, 
Geez, you know, we see Jalen Suggs doing the gritty, uh, you know, in in sweats, uh, you know, for some of his teammates. With, which, a, you know, with I, an ankle sprain. Yeah, I'll say so that. It, you don't have to agree with that, but I just had okay. to throw that in there. No, I mean, but like, I mean, there is a difference between what is required to do the gritty as a somebody like myself can potentially potentially pull that off uh, versus playing, you know, 48 minutes in an NBA game. Fair. So, but so you, you look at that kind of culture and you're like, okay, that, that's something special. The guys that they've added to this group are as advertised. They're the players that, you know, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond identified as these are good culture guys. These are guys we want to build around. And, and you see it. Uh, and the head coach as hired was going to be a guy that connects with players, really knows about player development. You see that. So the building blocks are in place. The steps that, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond have told us they're going to take are, are happening. And that's really what you could ask for at, at this stage of the team's development is, are the things you promised coming true? And so far, you know, they are. And so hopefully that bodes well for the future. Now, Dan, we've heard a lot of the, the young players, you know, talk about how the chemistry of this team is special and, you know, how you just don't see it that often. And, and hearing it from them, it, it, it's a great thing to hear, but those guys also don't have as much experience in the league to truly know if you see that other places. You're a guy that's been around a lot of these teams, obviously, so it's it's really encouraging to hear you kind of echo that. I want to ask, I know that you know we're, we're expecting the Magic to make some moves. Obviously, they're going to bring some guys in during the draft, but are you concerned at all with, with the potential that you know maybe shaking up this roster a little bit might have some kind of impact on that? Um, you know, that culture, the camaraderie, or, or do you think, you know, Jamal Mosley is really like the, the spearhead of that and we'll just kind of continue it forward? I, I do. And I think that the, the guys that they're building around are so, you know, good at embracing other people uh, and, and bringing people into the locker room that, you know, it, it's funny. You just don't you don't look at that locker room and say there's one bad guy. There's one bad apple. There's one guy that's going to be like so opposed to you know having another big voice in the locker room. I think all these guys are hungry to win and whatever steps the organization has to take to make that happen, they'll embrace it. Uh, you just look at the, the culture, the, the, you know, it was like to a man when they came off the, the podium for the season wrap ups, it was such a focus on the work that they had to do this off season, the specialness of the group, the opportunities ahead and look, you could you could coach guys up with all that that stuff and try to get them to say it. But at the end of the day, when you're coming to a season wrap up, that's when a lot of guys, you know, express their, their natural feelings. And, and you've seen that with teams in, in years past. And this group is really, truly excited about what the future holds here in Orlando. And you're seeing, you know, that excitement start to build. And and I'll be really excited to see what a lot of these guys do in the offseason to build for next year. What was the thing that took you most by surprise this season? That's a good question. I, uh, you know, I got asked this uh, by Jake Chapman on our, our season wrap-up podcast uh, for, for the Orlando Magic. And you know, I'm just going to take the low-hanging fruit here. You know, when, I think I was on, it may have been your show uh, prior to the season, and he was talking a lot about how people were underestimating Franz Wagner. And you saw it from the... I saw it from the first summer league practice where it's like, you know, in summer league, you have you have a roster of young guys, but there are also guys on that roster that have been around professional basketball, whether it's G League, whether they've been overseas. There's a collection of, of young talent. 
And Jamal Mosley was coming in with a completely new system. It's not like guys in the G League before were running the same thing or, you know, there was a, a big pamphlet you could hand to the Magic draft picks and say, hey, this is exactly what we're running. Like he was installing all that stuff as we go. And Summer League was, you know, the first big installation of that. And with Franz, it was like from day one, it was like almost teacher pet-esque. It's like, do it like Franz is doing, like, you know, in, in the practice. He's like, he's running everything perfect. And you're like, this guy's a rookie. Like, you know, like he was, he, he just had that, you know, veteran presence about him as a young kid who, who's coming to the league for the first time. And I think his season mirrored that. There was no like point when you were watching Franz Wagner over the course of his NBA season where it was like, man, that guy's a rookie. You know, he's making rookie mistakes. Uh, he's in this big slump. He's hit a rookie wall. You're watching him and you're just like, this guy plays like he's been in the NBA for seven straight seasons. He doesn't make the same mistake twice. Guys in and out of the lineup around him, he's playing nearly all 82. Whether, you know, you stick the ball in his hands, whether you take him away, whether you put a different point guard next to him, doesn't seem to phase him. His, his play is, you know, at a consistent level. And so that was a surprising thing to me. And, and then in that December stretch where they were running out of point guards, I mean, you know, it was the, the Lakeland Magic season where it was like everybody who played there was getting a call up. And this guy was asked to, you know, really, uh, you know, handle the ball. And I think we all saw that he had the potential to do that as the years would go by. But to him, right off the bat, you know, stick the ball in his hands. He's putting up 38 point games was something that was special to me. And, you know, as I look into the offseason, you're saying, OK, if he could build upon that, build with his playmaking and on top of that, continue to progress as a shooter. Uh, the future is, is really bright for that guy. And I, I wish I would have had you kind of in my ear, Dan, during like summer yeah. league when when Franz didn't wasn't putting the ball in the basket and at times it just looked like i don't know what i'm seeing here like should i sound the alarms on franz wagner already people didn't really know who he was to the the fullest extent when the magic drafted him right you had a lot of people kind of you know given the head scratching uh, type gesture when he was drafted because they just didn't know they yeah. had no idea very much and i remember in breaking down jonathan and i you know broke down a lot of the prospects heading into draft night um, and then after the fact as well. And one of the things that we had basically come to consensus of is that Franz isn't elite at anything, it seems, but he's good at everything. Like he, he's the guy that's going to make the lives easier of those around him. And he did that, but like he took it so many steps further than we expected, especially after summer league, right? I mean, after summer league, the, the storylines were Jalen looks pretty good. Cole looks not good and Franz put him in the same basket, right? Like, but it's insane what the season will do when you actually, you know, play the extent of the season. Franz plays, what was it? 79 games. Um, so, so yeah, as far as that goes, where do you see Dan Franz's ceiling being as a, as a, a player in the NBA? I think you could take it a lot of different directions, but you don't want to overreact, but also kind of what's your knee jerk reaction, I guess, to what after that season what do you think he could do uh, yeah at, at his highest yeah that's a really good question because that's something like josh cohen and i have tossed around many a times during the course of the games it's like where could this guy go because he has so many different ways he could take his career like he's the one one of the rookies i felt like you could throw him on a, a veteran team that's in the playoffs right now and you're like he has a role 
you could put him on a bad team that doesn't have many other assets uh, around it and put the ball in his hands. And I thought he could put up, you know, hollow numbers uh, and win himself rookie of the year. But the Magic didn't treat it that way. They've got a number of other young prospects around that you also want to develop. So he's one of those guys that I'll be really curious what year two looks like for him. I think seeing where he puts his focus in at the offseason, where he could, you know, make some jumps, uh, you know, just if he, he continues to progress as a three-point shooter, you could take him notches higher. What I like about him is that he just doesn't ever hurt you. You never feel like, oh, you're in this game and Franz is hurting you in, in, in a particular direction. And as we're watching playoff basketball now, we're seeing the value of that. Certain guys are getting taken off the floor. They're not able to play as much because you know teams exploit various aspects of their game or they can't create their own shot. Franz can help you in any way seemingly could be plug and play for a number of teams and like not only does it help you on the court but it helps you from a roster building perspective because you're like okay you you draft a dynamic three you could slide franz to the four like you didn't draft a dynamic four you could slide Franz to the three like you could move him up and down lineups uh he, he's just such a valuable player to have on your squad that i think his ceiling is almost what you give it you know give to him give him the opportunity to be because he he's really electric player he plays above his years uh and so i'm really excited to see what he continues to add to his arsenal over the offseason is is franz dan is franz who what you would consider the future of the of the franchise at this point or is it too early franchise (laughs) the franchise yeah i'd say it's too early to to say especially for a guy that doesn't always you know necessarily have the ball in his hands at at this stage of his career because as we see in the nba you know so much is driven by that now does that mean that in the future he can't have the ball in his hands you know a lot I, i don't i don't necessarily think so you know, I, I think at times he could have that like Hito Turkulu type of role down the road where it's like, OK, he's going to be a secondary ball handler in some really key moments. Uh, you know, Hito's role got accentuated in that finals run because Jameer Nelson wasn't there. But when we saw the two of them next to each other, it really you know allowed you to, to play different teams want to take something away. Well, you could play it, a, you know, a completely different way and keep a defense off balance. And I think. Franz is going to give you that opportunity to consistently keep defenses off balance, whether it's, you know, you're taking away something Markel's doing, Cole, Jalen, etc. It's like, okay, well, we have this other guy here who can make plays off the wing or, you know, run some action to bring him up to the top. And those guys are off to the side. So there's just so much you could do with him and and then fall asleep on him. He's going to backdoor cut you. Uh, You know, I, I just love his game so much. It's going to be really fun to watch him grow. My name is not Josh, but Dan, you are making me giddy the way you are talking about Franz Wagner. I love Franz. Love there Franz. we go. What do you tell me? What you think terrible. of, of Jalen Suggs and, and maybe some things that maybe we didn't see from him on the floor this season that perhaps you saw elsewhere? Yeah, I, I think he is a better three point shooter than his numbers suggest uh, over the course of his rookie season. You know, watching just some of the you know practice sessions, I think one of the things for him that was really telling, you know, over the course of the rookie season is as a rookie, you don't know what you don't know. If you're always the most athletic person, you know, coming out, the guys you played against, he could probably at any point in his life, if he wanted to get a basket, just, you know, out athletic guys to get to the rim. And I think over the course of his rookie campaign, he found, you know, areas where he has to improve finishing around the rim, areas he has to improve with his with his shot. But I think most importantly, it's at 
the condition level at which you have to play an NBA game. You know, he gives so much on the defensive end. He's giving you 110% that, you know, now you add to it uh, a longer game. Uh, you know, you add to it a, an extended, you know, three-point line. Uh, and you add in bigger bodies, more athletic guys. It takes something to figure out. And so I think he figured a lot of that out, especially during the time he was injured. And you look at Jalen's numbers with him on and off the floor uh, prior to the injury and post-injury, and you say, you know, whoa, okay. There's a reason the Magic during that stretch were playing like the number two, you know, number one defensive team in the NBA. And a large part of it was Jalen Suggs. He's going to give you so much on that end of the floor. I think that's a great baseline. And then I'm really excited to see, you know, as he looks at all the film of things that happened on the offensive end, I think he's going to be one of those guys that season two, people are going to be like, whoa, you know, okay, like this guy is, is even better than advertised. So I'm really excited, really high on Jalen Suggs for, for what the future has to offer for him. And then I think, you know, potentially playing some minutes alongside, you know, Markel Fultz is going to be exciting too for him to see, you know, this guy could take pressure off me on the offensive end. I don't have to do it all for one of the first times in my life. That's, that's going to be another big assist for him too. Was there uh, a game, Dan, or one that like sticks out to you most when you think when you like look back on this team this season? Is there a game or or a stretch, something that sticks out to you about that like speaks volumes about what the future holds? You know, it, it's really tough because like you, you know you look at the beginning of the season and you get really excited about like the New York win and, and some of the guys that participated in in that and and the electricity of that type of win. And then, you know, you look at the Jalen Suggs comeback from injury and the progress the the defense made during that stretch. You look at some of Wendell Carter's dominant stretches and you're like, geez, this guy just got better month after month and improved in his consistency and leadership. And you get excited about that. Franz has you excited throughout. You're really excited about when he was handling the ball in December, putting up 38 point games and having you know, guys like Giannis and Embiid and, you know, Bud just, you know, rave about the guy and saying they've, you know, haven't seen rookies play this type of polished game before. And that gets you really excited. And then you could even just look to like, you know, Mo Wagner was saying the last game of the season and you have a team that, you know, some people would say has nothing to play for. You know, granted, they're not playing against all the Heat starters, but you know, just played an electric game from, from start to finish to close out the season and really set the tone. And then you look at the Markel stretches. So it it's really tough because, like, you never felt like the Magic throughout that season had all their guys together, all healthy for any extended stretch. And that's what has me excited is, like, they put together some real good stretches of basketball individually. Uh, you please all these guys together, and I think they could, you know, surprise people with with how good they could could be as a as a group together. Now, I'm not saying that that means next year they're contending for a championship, but for where the future holds, I think they can start to take steps towards becoming that team. It's a lot of pessimism there, Dan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, and you talked about obviously a lot of the exciting young pieces. Hopefully, we've got one more piece that we're hoping is going to be healthy the start of next season in Jonathan Isaac. I mean, realistically, like you said, not contenders, but where do you see this team potentially being next year? You know, you're adding a top pick. Hopefully, Jonathan Isaac, if he comes back healthy and just you're bringing the rest of these guys back, and theoretically they should be ready to go from day one of training camp, 
What what kind of potential do you think the team has next season? You know, I, I just think that they have to be a team that continues to be competitive every night with all these pieces in place. And then that gives you a baseline of like, okay, where do we need to start to add guys? What guys don't necessarily fit together? You can really start to, to make a determination of, of what's needed to, to this group. Look, you're going to have another high draft pick added to it that we're not even considering in, in this formula, what potentially happens in free agency. So it's really hard to, to put a, a level of like where they'll fall in, in a conference or a, a potential playoff race. Uh, at this juncture, because obviously it also depends on what happens around them. You know, other teams can improve. Other teams can fall apart real quickly in, in this league. So with with other action going on, it's hard for me to assess that. But I just look at the way this group played together from start to finish. And the fact that so many guys missed periods of time that didn't necessarily coincide with each other. I'm just excited to see that product on the floor next season when it's like, okay, we've got all these guys healthy. Like, what does this team really look like? Because I think in the small stretches and small sample sides where we did see it, uh, it was really exciting. And I know we can't really get into prospects just yet, but what, you know, if the Magic do end up with a top pick, what is something that you think the Magic need or, or could add to this roster to really benefit them? I just think you're at the stage of the franchise development where it's just you add the best player available. Like, you know, I'm really, really high on that. You know, you don't want to be the team that, that passes on Michael Jordan because you have Clyde Drexler. You know, like, it, it's like, just keep adding the best players and, and it'll figure itself out. That's that's my motto. It's different when you're like the 2009 Magic and it's like, okay, there's one kind of spot on the team where you could kind of improve coming off a of finals run. But, but with this team, I think right now you add the best players. And the good part is the players that the Magic have drafted over the years are all versatile. So it's like if you need to move up, you could go up and down the Magic's roster. And it's like if a guy needs to slide over a spot, there's almost you know not a player to a man that can't do it. <laughs> so that, that's a nice ability when you add so many versatile guys is you have so much flexibility when you're building your roster. All right, we're going to switch a little, you know, some gears here. We know that you're a big UFC guy. Uh, in the past, you've told me if you're in a in a city and there's a UFC event going on, you are there. Um, I don't know if yes. you guys pay attention to boxing, but yesterday Tyson Fury uh, fought, um, you know, Dylan White, and then him and Francis Ngannou were in the ring together after the fight, and it seems like they're going to try to get something to happen. But apart from that, you know, who are your some of your favorite fighters? Um, you know, some some matchups that you're looking forward to. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm always big on Amanda Nunez. She came to a Magic game a couple years back. I've seen her fight in person two or three times. Uh, and just the way she carries herself, her family, you know, it's just a, such a kind-hearted person that it's just amazing when you have somebody who's just so naturally kind and then they go in the ring and they just roll through people. Right. So I, I, was, I was upset to see her, you know, lose her last fight. Uh, really want to see her, you know, come back and, and reclaim a championship and, and or championship belt and leave on her terms whenever she wants to do that. Uh, you know, th there's other fighters that always interest me. You know, I along with meeting Amanda Nunez, Mike Perry was at at that uh, sort of meet and greet, and, and he's an interesting guy because he grew up in Apopka, Florida. Um, right by here, uh, but he's now in bare knuckle fighting. <laughs> so <laughs> he, these guys, you know, come and go. And um, but I would say, you know, I love watching the Korean Zombie. 
Um, is one of my top guys uh, to, that I really enjoy watching. And it was sad to see, you know, the shelf life of these guys is, is so fast in, in that career. And he was a guy who had to serve time for the Korean military and that interrupted his prime. So, you know, I was hoping he could get one shot at a championship belt and kind of check that milestone off his list. But it looks like he'll be unable to do that. That division just keeps getting tougher and tougher uh, at the top. Uh, so there's just so many good fighters. It's been interesting now. Like, I, I like it because, look, there's not much NBA on Saturday nights. Don't play too many Saturday games. So you have a lot of Saturdays um, free. And it's great that they have, you know, there's a fight every Saturday. But there's the, there is that balance that some of these cards are getting a little weaker now, a little less top-heavy. You know, even though I'm an avid watcher, you know, there'll be some fight nights where I'm like, I know, like, three of these guys yeah. on the main card and that's what happens when you have like 600 signed fighters so um I'll, I'll be interested to see how the ufc handles that if they're able to build up enough name recognition within you know some of these cards to get people hyped up saturday night after saturday night because i think that's hard to do i uh i wanted to ask you dan and in regards to the ufc this is really the only ufc question that i i want to ask you here we have a, a card coming up next Saturday, and it's uh, the 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 main event is Rob Font and uh, Marlon Chito Vera. Do you have a? Do you lean one way or the other? Do you feel any like? Are you a fan of either of those guys? And do you have a, a way that you lean? I, I don't. You know, like I, I said, these these fights are so tough. Like it, there was there was one point where like it was like okay, you felt when it came to the top of a division, uh, there was clear distinct between the head of the division and the fall off. You look at like the Ronda Rousey era and it was just like, she would just roll through people. You look through the Conor McGregor era and while you could question some of the, the people that, that he fought, there was no question for a period of that time, he was the dominant person at the division. He could switch weight divisions. And when um, you looked at John Jones reign where you know he was clear at, at the top and when he wasn't, it was Daniel Cormier. And now I feel like the level of fighting has increased year by year so much. So many people are just well-trained for the sport. It's not like the early like Chuck Liddell era where it was like, you put this guy who's like a, a complete boxer has no ground game against, you know, a kickboxer. And it's just like complete chaos. Now it's just like that is so tight that fight to fight. I really don't have a great feel. Um, mm -hmm. but I'm not as much of a betting man because <laughs> it's a tough sport to bet on. It's a terrible sport to bet on. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming from someone who who has. It's, I've I've stopped. I've stepped away because it is from that from betting UFC because it is awful. I think we can all agree that we need a, another Kimaev and Burns fight. You know, this time five yeah. rounds. That mm. three rounds yes. was incredible. My goodness, was not long enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I know it, it, that was w one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. And like I said, I watch a lot of these, and it was just like you left wanting more. And uh, I believe Burns wanted five rounds heading into it. Um, so, you know, the fact that he didn't get it, uh, I think we all wanted it. But I think, you know, one of the times Dana, Dana White really traded the fighters right, I think he gave him a winner's pay for that along yeah. with the, the fight night bonus, which was well-deserved. Dan, I would be remiss if I brought you on here and we didn't talk about Boy Meets World, at least for a little bit here. I know Luke is going to kind of, you know, tune out. I've had some people since mm -hmm. our last episode, Dan, that have hit me up and like, I never saw Boy Meets World or I had never heard of it. They went through and Probably they watched Comey. it. 
And they're like, this is the best. <laughs> I saw he was on this show recently, and I'm like, does Tony even have ever watched an episode of Boy Meets World? <laughs> I know he doesn't have a DVD it on DVD because he probably doesn't even know what a DVD player is. <laughs> uh, you know, he's so young, his streaming services from day one. Um, so I, I don't even want to get into that because I'd probably make a Boy Meets World reference. Like, you should drop this in a meme, and he'd be like, I don't even know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Well, Tony, if you're listening, uh, all of Boy Meets World is on Disney Plus now. So you can go to Disney Plus and, and stream all of Boy Meets World. But That's right. I've had a couple of people watch it and tell me like it's the best show ever. I'm like, yeah, Dan and I told you it was. So yeah. I, I don't we, we don't have to get too deep into it. I just have a few trivia questions I want to throw at you just for a, a little bit of fun here. So you might have to put your, your thinking cap on. Right. I've taken a – like you know how you go through those stages where like you binge watch a show yeah. and then like – you don't watch it for a while, and then it's like brand new when you watch it. I'm like kind of right at that point now, where it's like I'm about to go back into it. I've taken a, a few. I don't want to say years, maybe maybe like a year and a half yeah. off. So I'm like ready to go back in again. I'm right but there. I, I think I'll, I think I'll still fare right. well. I think you will too. These aren't they're not crazy or anything. Right. Um, what do Sean and Corey place in Rachel and Angela's dorm? What do Sean and Corey place in Rachel? This is like during like the prank wars when they're in college. Yeah, I know the episode, so I'm trying to go through it. Um, that is, oof. you told this man it wouldn't be hard, and then you're asking him what specific item yeah, they put gonna, in a room. Really when I say it, it he'll, he's gonna know instantly. <laughs> I know, and this is this is what's gonna bother. This is what's gonna keep me up at night. Oh no, it's the fact that I don't know this. <laughs> I'm really bothered actually right now by the fact that it's, I don't it's know. It's Rachel's this. car. Oh. My goodness. And then, and then, if you got that, I was going to ask what kind of car it was. Do you remember what kind of hmm. car it is? I don't. It's like we'll an go, old we'll Volkswagen Beetle. I was going to say it was something small. Yeah. It was like not. They they stayed within the framework of reality, and I was going to go with actually. A, 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 I was going to say my first thing was going to be a Kia, and then I was like, but I don't know if Kia was as popular right then. And it might have been a Beetle, and right. so I would have got it on the second second. Guess. All right. This one is a little bit more obscure. If you don't get this one, I, I, I won't I won't hold it against you. Do you remember what Amy and Alan's wedding song is? Oh, it was with the um the it was by the, the monkeys, right? I, I was it the What song what's what's the name of the song? That's what I'm looking for. Because it, it's where they is that where the, the episode where uh the guy that they meet over in England comes over to visit It's and, Reg and, Reginald yeah, Fairfield. Yeah. Yes. And uh, he comes over and um, it, they were like the secondary Beatles of the time. And uh, I'm, I know the band. I know Reginald Fairfield. I know the hot tub part of the episode yep. where he's like, you know, taking advantage of that. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to start singing it. So. Sing it. Sing it, Dan. <laughs> so Sing I'll, it. I'll just I'll take the L. It's <laughs> my girl. My girl, yeah. Yeah, it's my so, yeah, girl. I, I was going to have to sing the lyrics just to it. <laughs> yeah, I, we, I don't have to, start... we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that, Dan. Yes. All right, the last thing. Who was the leader of the center? Oh, my God. One of the, one of the Mr. Mac. Mr. Uh, Mac, let's go. Dan Savage. I, I, I want to put, that's one of my all-time episodes right there. When Corey's dad throws Mr. Mac up against the wall and, and basically says like, hey, you mess with this kid, I'm gonna whoop you down. And Mr. Feeney's about to throw hands too. Yeah. Uh, 
That's that's a great episode. All timer. The only downfall to that episode is it it's like the end of Mr. Turner, which is one of the forgotten scenes. That's right. Is he's in the hospital bed, and we really don't even know what happens to him until the until the yep. series finale. <laughs> Uh, when they just make an obscure reference that right. he's on the other side of the building yeah. where they don't go to anymore. Is am I, I might be mistaken. I don't know how much of Girl Meets World you watch. I didn't watch very much of it. I didn't. Does he make? I, I think he make. I think he might make an appearance in that. He does. Yeah. I think I I read that. Um, yeah. So which is really uh, unfortunate because he was such a great character. I'd be interested to learn what like what went wrong because the writing of that show was so good. It doesn't make sense for it to kind of end that way. No, I mean, you had him, his buddy Eli. Yeah. Uh, there was good chemistry there. You know, obviously they tried to carve out a bigger role for him, having Sean move in with him. Um, but I, I would have liked to seen Mr. Turner get a get a better send-off than a hospital bed. Yeah. And that's the only that's the only downfall of that episode, which you, uh, which you spoke to. Yeah, that, I, I watched that scene that you're referring to with them in the waiting room right before we got on this. And I was like, oh, this is, I need to watch Boy Meets World again. It's just the best show ever. It really is. I, I I'll admit my my trivia. I should have got should have gotten my girl. I you know I was halfway there. I got the band, not the song, and I would have got the song because I was gonna start off with the lyrics and I would have hit it by the middle. Uh, the Rachel the Rachel one I didn't know, and that one's gonna keep me up at night. That I that I went all right. Next- kind of two for three, kind of two for three. I will say my trivia knowledge leans front half of the show better right. pre-college years than post because there are occasions where i'll watch and then by the time they graduate i'll restart to the beginning again fair enough um, and, and no, nothing against that era i i've actually figured out i, I kind of like like it more than i've given it credit for in the past um but eric starts to go off the hinges yeah. by the, the end and yeah. that's kind of what uh turns me off uh, but i you know I'm brought on this show for for magic analysis. So I'm gonna start breaking down Eric. That's okay. Eric's we life. we did it last time. I tell you what, next <laughs> time you have the trivia questions for me, and then I'll just totally bomb. I can guarantee that. <laughs> I mean, I there's there's so many so many good ones uh, that you could pull from 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 various episodes. Um, you know, names of uh, whether it's the the guys that Topanga dates. In between her and Corey's breakup. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I forget his name. I do forget. Is it David? No, I don't think it's not David. David. I'll, now I'm gonna have to go and look tonight. But Dan Savage, thank David, you so David. much. I I, there's there's two eras of breakup. There's the early one where like Corey's jumping on people's backs. Oh because, yes, uh, they're, the tall guy. And then there's the like the breakup. Yeah, which yeah. Is, uh, where the Lauren you know, breakup. The Lauren breakup. And, uh, uh, you know, I, she was in another show recently. Um, I'm blanking on the name. It was, it was really popular on streaming services. Uh, it's kind of like a murder mystery show with uh, the girl from, who, the woman who was from uh, Married with Children. They were on a show together. And all I could see and think about while my wife was watching that show was that she was Lauren from Is Boy it Meets Dead World. Dead to Me? Dead to Me. Dead yep. to Me. My wife watches that too. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't take. It I serious. watched that. I, couldn't, I was like, "That's Lauren." I, I can't. <laughs> now I Luke can't is back. <laughs> I'm here. I love that show. <laughs> it is a good show. But I, I hear she kind of plays a homewrecker in that show too. <laughs> so it's mm. it's only <laughs> fitting. So maybe I should give it a shot. That's awesome. All right. Well, Dan Savage, man, thank you so much for taking the time joining us. 
talking I wanna, UFC. I want to ask you. I want to ask you two one question. Let's go. You know, we we talked a lot about optimism on the show, which I love because I think there is a lot of optim a lot of reasons to be optimistic in a in a season with without that many wins. You know, what were each of you most optimistic about heading into next season? To me, it's it's Franz and Wendell. Like Franz was just a huge surprise. We didn't know what to expect out of him, you know, in the draft. Luke has been a Wendell guy basically since day one. And I was I was a fan of Wendell, but like mid through mid through the season, I was like, he's he's I feel like he's got another level. He can be even better than what he's shown. And like especially like January, February, March just killed it. So those two guys I feel like we have at least two for sure guys, you know, part of the the foundation moving forward. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, pretty much Jonathan answered it for me, uh, which is fine. Uh, but it's, it's definitely it's definitely Dell. Um, I like Jonathan said, I've been a fan of him since before the season started when we were having the discussions about you know who's going to make the start, you know, Wendell and Mo before we knew that they'd be basically starting together all year when active. Um, so yeah, I think Dell is definitely the kind of the bright spot for me. He came out of nowhere, much like Franz, which obviously it's easy to kind of couple them together as the solo bright spot together. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm optimistic, really, really because of of, of Dell. I think that he kind of gives us that foundation, like Jonathan said, and uh, it's nice to know that you you can kind of go into next season knowing like, okay, we've got definitely two core pieces. And I think Jalen, you know, if he can put it together offensively next year, he doesn't need to really do anything differently defensively. And he's already in only in year one. So I think offensively, if he can take that next step, man, I, I think that uh, there's there's a bright future. Definitely. I just am very concerned about the, how good the East is. Yeah. Like it, So for so long, we talked about the West is dominant. LeBron running through the East. Oh, man, he has it so easy. And and even though he didn't, I'm a LeBron truther, so whatever. But uh, but I will say, obviously, the West was better at, at the time that all that happened, that he was running through the East. But, yeah, I'm just nervous. I mean, you, teams like the Hornets, who obviously, Borrego, gone. I mean, do they take a, do they take a step down? Because in, in hindsight, that was a bad decision on their part. I don't know. But I just feel like there are so many good teams. I would love to say that this team could be a play-in team next year. And I'm going to stick to that and just hope that some teams in that realm of the of the East kind of take a step back and fall back to reality because with the pieces that the Magic have, man, I I, I, I am truly very optimistic about next year and the years to come for sure. Definitely. Well, I look forward to talking about that on, on the season preview or post-summer league wrap-up yeah, or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll have a better better assessment of where so, things So stand. Dan just promised he'll come back on before the season started. That, that's well, what yeah, we just heard. I, we, we already forget about the Magic portion of the preview it was promised when we were talking about uh, i'm going to turn the tables and, and put the boy meets yes. review on you and, and i want one or two back i'm going to go i'm going to prep for that uh you know forget the draft prep uh, i'm going to start, start prepping for uh boy meets world trivia awesome. coming up dan is there any chance that we see you at the the uh, lottery watch party like we did last year just can you can you jump over for a few minutes well i was uh planning on it and then the way i found out tony was on this show the the minute you guys ended he texted me do not go to the <laughs> six grand party that was bad luck last year oh my gosh <laughs> we talked about it yeah, yeah he and, uh, uh <laughs> so yeah. uh don't do anything will, different I that say, night. Is what I Tony's will doing. come if i'm in orlando i may right. actually be at the lottery in chicago oh, this awesome. year with uh nice 
depending on COVID protocols, where everything stands, what kind of access is going to be there. Still figuring all that out. You guys out. heard it here first. Um, Dan Savage is the Orlando Magic's rep at the lottery. <laughs> that I will not be. I do not want that pressure. I will happily put that on somebody else. Let them get the accolades or the fall. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want that. I just want to be there to talk to the person that is successful. Right. I'm going to say is successful because we're going to put that out there in, in the universe. Um, awesome. Even though... I would say, you know, I can't talk about prospects yet, but there are six guys I like. So I okay. feel good about that. I feel like there are six plus guys I really like. So well, regardless of where we land, I think right. we're going to can't fall lower than six. Guy. But if I had my way about it, I would like this regime to have their pick right. of those six plus guys. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. I think that's going to do it for us, Dan. Thanks for coming on. We're definitely going to hold you to that. Bring you back. For some more Orlando Magic trivia, we may or may not talk about the Orlando Magic. But uh, always a pleasure, man. Really, really appreciate having you on. So much fun to have the conversation. All right. Talk to you guys later. Thanks, Dan. All right, guys. That was our interview with Dan Savage. Always appreciate Dan coming on the show. Always a lot of fun. Just a couple of quick housekeeping items before we end the show. Our draft lottery watch party coming up on Tuesday, May 17th. Harry Buffalo, downtown Orlando. That's 129 West Church Street. In Orlando, the time is still to be determined. We're guessing it's probably going to be sometime between 7 or 8 that the party will start with the draft lottery happening between sometime you know 8 and 9. We're going to have some trivia with some giveaways for you guys. We're also going to be giving away an autographed Franz Wagner jersey for free, so make sure that you guys come through for that. Uh, we're also working on a voicemail episode right now, so if you guys want to call and leave your question or your take to be featured on the show, you can call us at 407 603 one one eight nine. That's four zero seven six zero three one one eight nine. Also, we're gonna give a quick shout out to all of our patrons. Shout out Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Julio Bailey, Matt Lyman, Eric Segovia, Gabe Gaines, Bo Outlaw fan, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Franz Goaded for show. Thank you guys so much for the support. If you are interested in financially supporting the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We have three tiers to choose from with different levels of benefits. Luke, the last thing that we need to do before we close out the show here, great episode with Dan Savage, but we are going to run the tankathon. Do We're it. here at tankathon.com. We're going to go ahead and simulate the lottery one time, share the results. I'm clicking the button now. And the Magic end up with a third pick. Charlotte jumps 12 spots to number one. Houston falls one to two. And then the Magic are there at three. That would Imagine. suck if Charlotte ends up with the number one overall pick. 12. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. 12 spots. That's just disgusting. I'd, I'd, I'm I'd. already on the fence of like redo the lottery. I'm done with it. But yeah. if, if that were to happen, I think I think I'm done. Let's just go back to the odds like pre-2019 when mm. you had like, it was like, what was it? Like a 20% chance if you're in the top three to end up with the mm. number one overall pick something like that yeah i'm but, getting uh, sour sour to the lottery so hopefully we uh yeah we, we get i've started good. the habit of doing the tankathon every day and like i now i'm over it but i'm like oh i started this I, you know we only got a few more weeks to go i i have to keep doing it so mm -hmm. hopefully this will all be worth it and we'll be like oh we we were so worried about the lottery for nothing we got the first pick it's gonna be a great time so we'll see what uh, happens but make sure you guys come out to the draft lottery watch party it's gonna be a fun time for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See you.
Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.